I'm just really excited about what they're building. I'm really excited about the passion, the mission, the vision. You know, I can feel it in that first call. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's 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 tough when it's like when you don't know, right? Either you know right away. So there are also cases where I know right away. You know, this is not for me. Whatever mm. it might be, it might not be the founder. It might be the market. It might be the sector. It might be something, right? But usually, I very quickly know. And sometimes I write a check and I'm like, do I even have the cash to write this check? This is Female Business Angel Podcast. My name is Tina and I'm here again today at the Scene Podcast Studio. Thank you, Scene, for having us. Today, I will be speaking to Dipali. I'm not going to try to pronounce her name because I will get it wrong, but she will tell us how it's pronounced properly. Dipali is an absolute force of nature. She doesn't really need a surname because she's the brand really in the UK when it comes to female business angel investing and female founder support. She does everything she does with a huge amount of passion and drive, and we couldn't be more thrilled to have her here. So thank you, Dipali, for being here. There we go. We're recording. And yeah, so Dipali, tell us about your life. Maybe first, tell us how to pronounce your name properly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that routine. Um, most people get it wrong. It's Dipali. It's after the Indian Festival of Lights, the Hindu Festival of Lights called Diwali. I was born on Diwali, so my parents took a shortcut and just called me the Pali, rather my aunt in India. In India, the aunt really names you. And uh, the last name is Nangia, which most people pronounce as Nangia, but it's uh, incorrect. So it's the Pali Nangia. There you have it. Nice, nice. <laughs> so were you actually born in India? Yeah, born in India, lived there for 18 years, went to university in the States, went to work uh, on Wall Street right after then on the growth equity side, uh, then in the corporate world, getting very old now, Bettine, in the corporate <laughs> corporate um, world, really learning about the operational side of the business before really going freelance on my own. Great, great. And so how did you get into angel investing? Um, I, you know, when I left the city, I ran, uh, firstly, um, helped the local government set up a, a credit union to tackle some of the high interest rate lending on the housing estates, on the social housing estates. Uh, of North Kensington, um, where I was working essentially with women, uh, teaching them about savings and how they could prevent loan payday lending uh, mm-hmm. and loan sharks. And at the end of that, when we set that up, we, um, you know, one of the counselors asked me if I could uh, help launch an angel syndicate, given my background in investing. So I helped launch an angel syndicate, which I ended up running for four years um, uh, for the Kensington and Chelsea uh, local council. And, and that's how I started you know, I got involved in the early stage ecosystem in London yeah. and started helping female founders really because uh, uh, that was a topic very close to my heart and, you know, started doing some small angel checks, but really also getting some advisory equity in return, in return right. for the advice and the help that I was giving them on their on their pitch decks and their fundraisers. Um, and until one day over a coffee, I met uh, Sophia Benz and uh, she came along and, you know, she asked me, she said, uh, we, we actually had a common investment and therefore I had reached out to her because I wanted to get her thoughts on marketing for this portfolio company. Uh, and, and she asked me, she said, have you ever heard uh, of the Atomic Angel program? And, and you know, I hadn't. Um, and six months later, she took a punt on me and said, I'd love for you to join the angel program. And that's when I really started doing you know, larger angel checks. Uh, they invited me to join for, for that one year. 
uh, that was the first year of the pandemic uh, through which I did smaller checks because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to support more female founders who, who were struggling with fundraising during COVID. And then uh, at the end of that year, they invested, invited me back for another two years. Um, so uh, really, I, I, I actually owe her a lot because it's really what turbocharged my uh, angel angel investing career. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. So I mean, one of the things that's so, yeah, incredible about you is that you're just so intrinsically driven by, I call it the female cause. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is something that we share. And because you started an, an angel group around that as well, right? Yeah. So we uh, co-founded an angel community. So it's not a syndicate. We wanted to create a free angel community to create more female angel investors. And it's four of us. It's David, Ella, Kristen and me got together. Um, and we're about 300 angels now, uh, 70% female, 30% men. Uh, the original intent was to create more angels in the in the ecosystem because we kept running up against the same women when it came to angel investing yeah. and wanted to create a platform where women could come together and learn from each other, invest from each, invest with each other. And we wanted it to be inclusive of men because they, you know, they own so much of the capital. Yeah. Uh, and we have some phenomenal... Um, uh, male angels in the community who are investing a lot in, in into our female founders. And on the other side, it's it's a marketplace concept and we have female founders applying for capital. But again, it's, you know, it's not curated in the sense that, you know, anybody can apply through the website, but also the angels in the community can, can send forward female founders. And whoever wants to jump on the deal gets, you know, does the due diligence, invites other Almas, um, and that's how we invest. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, Alma Angels. But really, my mission was, you know, my only real KPI that I measure myself with is to get more female founders funded. Yeah. And I, as an individual, can only do so much, right? So to scale, Alma made a lot of sense to scale an individual activity and to create more people, more women who were doing the same as I was doing. Um, and uh, over the last 18 months, we've invested four and a half million dollars off of a free Slack community uh, at Alma. Yeah, yeah. That's but, great. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I mean, it sounds to you, to me, like um, you really, like for you, really, the angel investing was a really transformative step to take, right? Because you weren't in that scene so much before, right? 100% I wasn't. And, you know, I did some small angel checks. I did some advisory. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, one of my my second angel investment was a fintech company that went public earlier this year. So that, that was a personal investment I made. So right. really what, Really, I would say the last three years have been quite crucial in my angel investing journey, although I have been doing advising women for much longer in the ecosystem. But when I first started advising women, people were like, what are you doing? Where are these female founders? Not sure what you're trying to do here. But um, obviously that has changed a lot, even though funding is still hard. At least it's more topical now than when I started doing it. You know, I have a son and a daughter uh, and I really would want equal opportunity for them as yeah. they grow. And, and I think we're very far away from, from that world right now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Are you seeing more, um, also more female business angels appearing in, in the UK, also through initiatives like Alma? Uh, I mean, there are a few syndicates, right? So uh, definitely there are a few syndicates who are, um, you know, who are, where, where there are women, maybe slightly older women also, you know, who have capital investing. At Alma, you see women of all 
shapes, sizes, and ages where, you know, we have young women who are interested in learning about angel investing and we have older women who already have the capital. So definitely we have created lots of new angel investors, at least Alma has in the UK ecosystem. And I'm sure there are others who are doing it through a syndicate type activity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we what we're seeing in in I mean in our little microcosm in Berlin is so is so cool just through creating more exchange, creating people a place like a place for people to go to find out how to do it. It just makes such an impact. And and we're seeing just so many more women getting into angel investing. And that's just also one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast, because it's just we just see for them it's such a it really enriches their their lives 100 <laughs> percent. not careers. just for men also yeah. uh, not just women i think also yeah. for men we have some you know amazing uh, male almas who found like an alma family which i like absolutely love but yeah, um, yeah and, and i think it's also busting that myth right i think women have traditionally not invested because there, there's this myth that you need to be really wealthy to be able to angel invest and to be honest we've written much smaller checks from alma as well we've used a part of attorney structure where women have been able to you know contribute smaller sums of money yeah. uh, and also breaking this myth that you know breaking the old not just a myth but you know deals getting done in this old boys club and trying to change that um and and have have more access to deal flow and also good access to good deal flow um yeah through through we have some amazing vcs who are investing and as angels as well and they bring in deals to Alma, such as Eileen, you know, at Passion Capital. She'll bring a deal in that she's investing in a female founder and she'll bring it in and she'll say, I would love to open this up for Almas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really that's that's so cool to to work together with with the funds as well to 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 bring the angel side to the deals. I mean, because this is something that we're seeing a lot now because the VCs move so fast now that sometimes there haven't been any angels in the deal so far. So then they actually they have their term sheet from the VC and then they go out and get the angels to fill up the round and get the expertise in. And, and I, and I, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also get calls, by the way, from VCs now who say we'd love to have, um, the founder wants a more diverse cap table. Yeah. Can you send us your female angels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also why we're doing our fund because it's just, there. there is that and people do ask for it. And I think it's, for anyone that wants to get involved, it's just, it's a cool opportunity right now. And I think you need to like position yourself pretty clearly on who you are and what you can do. Um, but then you can get such good referrals in and uh, it's such a great opportunity for anyone that that has something to offer. Yeah, especially on, at a time when capital is, especially at a time when capital is a commodity, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, you know, having a, a value add, which, uh, you know, and women tend to be very collaborative, tend to love working with their companies, tend to, you know, bring a lot more than capital, I feel, uh, in terms of time, etc., and resource and connections. I think it's a great time. Yeah. And I, I mean, we, especially in the very early phases, we always advise all the founders to, if someone brings a lot of value add, just don't decline them because their ticket is too small for what 100%. they thought was a good idea. And I think people are really cottoning onto that. So for a while, I feel there were so many like that said, oh, I won't take any tickets under, under 50,000, but that's people are understanding that it's more about the value add, especially in these early phases and that it's really worth taking small tickets. Yeah, most most companies are seeing that. I did have a conversation recently with the company team and I actually couldn't believe it because I wanted to invest, you know, 20,000. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, I'll open it. I'll bring it to Alma's. Uh, guess what? It's a business that is, uh, they were, it was a business that was 
the audience was women. So let's put it that mm-hmm. way. So they were trying to build um, a business for females. And I said, you're not based in the UK. You're opening an office in the UK. Uh, our community is amazing when it comes to, you know, value add angels and females, which is your audience. And uh, I'll put in 20K and let's open it up and bring it to Alma. And, you know, we can do a part of attorney structure and get to your minimum check size. I think it was like 100K or something or 50K. I can't remember, but they weren't open to it at all. And I, I just couldn't understand it. And it's just yes. like, uh, and, and the fact that they don't have a UK office and want to open a UK office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think this is also like a piece of advice, you know, if you... For I mean, for founders um, that might be listening, but also like to future business angels, you, you just need to yet pitch your value add, and then in most cases you will get taken. And if if you don't, you don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, but I I really think it's just it. I just think angels are so cool because for founders, because even if they only do a small check, they they still will work for free. Hundred <laughs> percent. And it's yeah. not work that you measure in time. It's it's work that you manage in opening up the networks and their brains for you. So um, I just think it's a it's it, it's such a um, yeah. I, I'm so happy that more and more founders are taking really small tickets. I even just saw a deal. We had a deal in our angel portfolio, and they just even in a at a 50 million valuation, they still took one angel in that I think put in like five thousand. Yeah. And I just I just I was so happy to see that because I think it's just a really it was a really good move on their side, even though. A lot of people would say, like, why would you do that? So, and, and then the other thing is, angels not getting pro rates, by the way. That's the other thing I say. I've also turned down a deal in the past where they wanted me in there. I was the only angel that they were bringing in, and then they weren't giving me any pro rates, right? So I said, I'm sorry, but I won't do this. Yeah, I guess that's actually another point. I think, um, in general, like, this is something like when I check a contract, when I jump in on a deal and I check a contract, the first thing I check is I search for the lead investor's name in the contract and make sure that they don't get any special rights. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean the lead. The lead does usually get some special rights, but yes, yes I'm fighting for those rights for myself as well. Yeah, but at least pro rata, you know, because these are you know these are long dated investments, and you know it could be six years, it could be seven years. And do I really want twenty k stuck in a company if I can't invest uh, as a follower? Or no, especially mm. if it's doing well, I'm, I I would want that right, right? And I just don't understand why certain companies just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah. So I think that's also kind of a really important advice for people getting into it is to say, like, yeah, make sure you you get yeah you get your um, prorata rights. Um, make sure you yeah you just don't your get information it. rights. I mean, in my yeah. case, obviously, I'm very close to the founders, and they're on you know on a WhatsApp basis with me and constantly messaging me. But you know, it, it might not be the case for you, and it's very important that you know what's going on with your companies. Yeah. Totally. So, uh, but this actually brings us to a good point. So how do you keep contact with your companies? So I'm in touch with them on WhatsApp. They message me. In fact, right before, right before I got on this call, I got a call from one of the founders. They're closing their seed and they said, uh, can't get a hold of this investor. Do you know their details? You know how I can reach them? And then yesterday I had another company reach out to me and she said, um, you know, they had, they wanted a fund in, and she said, I've written this email. Can you read it for me? I want to send it to the fund. What do you think? Should I send it? And I said, absolutely. I love this email. Please send it. And then she sent me a message yesterday evening saying, guess what? They're in. So, oh, you know, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in touch with them all the time. Yeah, Literally yeah. all the time. And I say all the time, I mean all the time. Yeah. And I think this is actually the cool thing. Like, and that's why it's so great that we have these communication channels like WhatsApp now, where it's just so easy to have like a low touch communication. 
So, and, um, and I think there are like these kind of, yeah, and everyone needs to find their way to communicate with the angels. Um, because there's some people that do like regular calls. There's some just to keep it on a more loose basis. And I don't think, I don't think there's one way for, no. for people to do it. It's, it's a relationship. So you need to find out what works both sides, I think. 100%. And, you know, there are founders who prefer, you know, who prefer to then set up a call in the calendar. Everybody has those as well. But, yeah. you know, as long as you're in touch with them, it's their time is, you know, very precious, much more precious than my time probably and whatever suits them. But all I want them to know is I'm around when they need me and never to hesitate to call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would be your top advice for people wanting to get into angel investing? I mean, I, I think the first thing is to obviously, uh, it's much more fun and you learn a lot more by like doing it with like-minded people. So, you know, communities like Alma and Oxo, et cetera, you know, help a lot, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, just like anything else, like cycling or driving, I think you learn best by doing it. And sometimes yeah. it is the more expensive way because you, you know, your first deal might not be the best deal ever, but you just learn a lot more as you go which is why learning with other people where you don't know all bits of the puzzle are, is obviously better because it brings diversity of thought into the process yeah. um, and diversity of skill set. Um, angel investing is high risk. I think when you write that check, you should be willing to say goodbye to that money. So, yeah. um, and it is a lot about the founders and, and I often see analysis, paralysis, lots of analysis, paralysis, mm. but you're really thinking that this is a lot about the founders in the early days and of course the market. And sometimes yeah. the market timing is so relevant, right? But a yeah. good a good founder in a bad market will st somehow still figure it out yeah. um, as opposed to a, uh, and sometimes a bad founder in a good market also gets lucky. But yeah. really, I think it's a lot about the founders. Yes, um, absolutely. Also, also, I think uh, it's about diversification, right? I, I just prefer to write those smaller checks in the beginning and then double down uh, or at least um, you want to have a large enough portfolio because it's such a high risk. Um, yes, I think this is something that's really yeah. important that a lot of people get wrong. So um, so I think if you start, when you start angel investing, you really need to like take a view over a few years and, the, on, and make kind of a little calculation how much can you put into the whole thing over the next three years. And then you should target to get like minimum double digit number of deals in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've even spoken to some, when I started out, I spoke to a lot of people about it and, and there were some that are really aggressive and say like, ah, oh, you need to do 50 or stop. But, um, I think, I think if you, if you aim for kind of, yeah, 10 to 15, you're, you're, um, you're in a really great spot. Or even if you just want to start with doing a couple, but then obviously if you don't diversify, it's, it's a greater financial risk. 100%. Yeah. Um, so I would really love to hear from you as well. Um, how do you, um, so when you first meet founders, what, what are kind of, how do you find out whether they're good founders? If you say it's so much about the good founder, like yeah, what's, I, your, what's your, yeah. How do you train? You, you, know? you asked me the, you asked me the million dollar question. Usually I kind of, I'm really excited in that first call. You know, there's so yeah. many angel checks I've written just in the first call, right? Yeah. I'm just really excited about what they're building. I'm really excited about the passion, the mission, the vision. You know, I can feel it in that first call. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's 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 tough when it's like when you don't know, right? Either you know right away. So there are also cases where I know right away. You know, this is not for me. 
whatever mm. it might be. It might not be the founder. It might be the market. It might be the sector. It might be something, right? But usually I very quickly know. And sometimes I write a check and I'm like, do I even have the cash to write this check? So, you know, sometimes when I'm doing quick angel take personal tickets um, and uh, just very excited about it. And, and, and I think the ones that are in the middle where you, you're not sure is when you really need to dig a little deeper and then I, you know, when I'm I am doing my atomic checks, I very much follow a process where I do do founder reference calls, mm-hmm. where I talk to other people. I go on LinkedIn, and I'm like, oh, you know, it doesn't have to be a long process, but I would like to know a little bit more about the founder if they've worked somewhere or, you know, if uh, the, you know what their leadership skills are. Can they can they motivate other people? You know, those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for. Um, But also I look at their backgrounds, right? What have they done in the past? Have they built and scaled? And having said that, I've invested in lots of green founders. Yeah. I've uh, invested in, you know, Planera, which is a flushable sanitary pad. I was a mentor to them at Imperial. They were at Imperial when I first met them. uh, And they're raising their seed round now. I've invested in Shellworks. She was at Imperial, uh, emailed me cold. Um, and and I think she she had worked at Apple before, but she did have work experience as opposed to you know the other guys who were you know really fresh, um, fresh uh, in their master's program. So I so I uh, I have invested, but I do tend to also look for some you know what have they done in the past, what have they built. But you know you often find that female founders are not second time founders. How many yeah. female founders do you meet that are second time? So if I had to have that lens, then I would never invest in anybody. Actually, right? oh, very few. this is one of the things that making us so happy right now with um, our investments with the fund that we're actually seeing a lot of second time founders now and female founders, second time, third time female founders. And those are like, if you look at the the usual crazy rounds that are happening with the guys, they're all experienced founders. So, and I'm so excited now that so many women come to the point where they are on their second company. That's amazing, but I, I don't think we've seen that as much in the UK as maybe in Germany because uh, I have funded a lot of first-time female founders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that is a bias, actually, in the VC industry when you're looking for that second-time female founder totally. or second-time underrepresented founder, and then just not enough of them out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've invested in a lot of like first-time founders as well, but it's just I just this is one of the things that's making me so happy that there are actually a lot of second times yeah. now and it's, it's, it's cool and because it means yeah because you definitely need to so change things the, moving need to change the gender wealth gap the gender pension yeah. gap the gender sure. pay gap all of that right so yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely need those second time and third time female founders yeah 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 but um, i like that you like when you opened uh, up your your uh, response on the founder question that you talk about excitement because i think in the end that's actually what it comes down to um, so we have like this one sanity check where you, like my one of my sanity checks is like if I wake up after I had the first call and if I wake up the next day and I don't in the first like half an hour think about the company, then it's probably not. That good. means you're not excited. Hundred yeah. percent. That means you know you sleep over it, especially the ones that are in the middle. You know, I sleep over them and I'm like, if in a few days I can't I'm really not that excited and I'm like, oh, I don't think about them as much. You know, it's not meant to be. But, you know, I do also look when there are metrics, I look at metrics. You know, I'm talking about founders. I've invested in two founders this year that actually have nothing. They were really sole founders, pre-product, pre-revenue, pre-anything, right? So in that case, it is a lot about the founders. But once you have a product or an MVP, then I will look at the metrics and I will you know, do some more work around it as opposed to just saying that, uh, you know, I'm just going to look at the founders. Yeah. Yeah. 
What are your, uh, what would you say have been your biggest sort of mistakes that you would like other to spare others from making? Gosh, so I'm sure I have a huge anti-portfolio too. I'm sure there are lots of mistakes and I still don't know, right? Because I'm still learning. But I think it's uh, never rushed to do the first deal. Even yeah, though you right. learn by doing, I think the first one, I mean, I think, I really think I never had an Alma, right? When I started mm -hmm. doing it, I was doing it on my own. I used my husband as a substitute for Alma. When it came to FinTech, we look at a lot of FinTech and tech things together. But uh, I mean, I would love to have people around me and, and I would really highly recommend you, um, you know, join a community like that because it's hugely beneficial. I was on an Alma call, I think, three weeks ago. It was a health business we were looking at. And there were 15 female Almas on the call. And they were all health experts bringing in like different, you know, from different parts of health. And I was like, mm. this is so powerful because mm. the questions were amazing. And I was like, mm. I would never be able to come up with those questions on my own. And, you know, it's an amazing learning experience as well. Yeah, this so, is one of the things that's so fun when you when you do DD with other people and you like, Whoa, that's a good question. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> the question that you would never think of is usually the best. <laughs> yeah, and that's the most interesting thing about angel investing is, right, that you're always learning. You're always trying to learn about new industries, yeah. new business ideas, always trying to play catch up with the entrepreneur. You're never going to never going to know as much as, that, as them, but that is the most interesting. And learning from other people around you. So I would say that, you know, having a community of people or even if it's friends, you don't want to join anything, you know, like-minded people. You also feel like with Alma, you also feel like you're contributing, right? You're on a mission to change the world. And I think that's huge. I mean, investing four and a half million dollars of free Slack community, tell me any fund, you know, you, most, most people will have a legal structure and fundraise and, you know, Yeah. be doing all that before they can deploy four and a half million dollars of capital here we started and 18 months later we deployed four and a half million dollars of capital it's amazing it's so cool it's so cool and i think this importance of having your gang is just incredible because i mean this is how how i got started with giza and fabiola and it, for me that was the most important thing is to have this gang together and suddenly you build momentum you build a brand like some sort of brand is maybe too much but you know you, you get a clearer positioning you see more things you can talk about things and you make decisions fast it's it's it, 100 this I, and I, i really think that's i think like for me probably the two top tips would be don't put too much money into your first ticket yeah because everyone i speak to put too much money in their first ticket and um the other one is um uh, is this kind of get yourself a gang and get going and, and 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 build a community because this is also like the coolest thing about it is that you get to meet so many people and talk about interesting subjects <laughs> and what a, it's such a great way and also and also make friends along the way yeah you know now I feel like when I come to Germany I have so many friends all of you like I never like I just met you guys through you know angel journeys and I met Georgie and I met Katya and I met you ladies and now I've like so many women and I feel like I go to all these amazing cities and they're all these friends of mine who are angels essentially yeah. that I met in other cities Yes, it's really cool. It's really cool. And we actually talked about, I talked about it with someone today and we were talking about the dinners that we used to do with the evangelistas before Corona. And um, and we said they were actually the nicest female networking events because it was all women that usually don't go to female networking events. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, but there we suddenly were at a female networking event, but we really, really enjoyed it. It was the best one. <laughs> so I think that's, yeah. 
but maybe that's actually like nice note to end it on. Um, maybe can you share, um, yeah, one of your, um, yeah, favorite anecdotes from your angel journey. Do you have any nice, funny, lightning anecdotes? Oh from, gosh, from my angel journey. journey. I will say that, um, there was a really funny email we got at Alma. It was like one of the craziest emails of the pitches. We get so much stuff and Alma and I tweeted about this and I was like, we got a pitch from like two guys, right? Who wrote to us and said, you know, we want to pitch this to the Alma community. And I was like, I wrote back and I said, you know, this is only for like female or mixed teams, this community. And he wrote me back and he said, I'm male, but my favorite sex is female. And I wonder if that qualifies me. <laughs> Sorry to say this. And I was like, did you really write that? I mean, I'm just amazed. I thought it was really, of course, it's funny, but it's also ridiculous that somebody <laughs> would write that. Yeah. So sorry, I had to share that story because I thought it was quite funny, but I think completely, uh, anyways, <laughs> annoying as well. But yeah, I did, I did tweet about it. But, you know, so many amazing founders that I've met and, uh, you know, they've become friends now and we talk about lots of things and home and family and being a working mother. And, um, you know, really, I feel it's one of the most, I mean, I think it, it is now synonymous with me, angel investing. Mm. It is who it is. It has become a part of me, and I've become a part of it, and nice. and I love that. Yeah, that's so nice, so nice. And Dipali, you really give your whole heart, and this is, I think, what everyone that works with you sees, and anyone that you, yeah, you advise, and that, yeah, is uh, in in touch with you in a professional capacity. I just really we feel that it's, yeah, you're in there with your whole heart and your whole self, and um, it's it's just a really lovely gift to everyone that that gets in touch with you. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for your friendship. Thank you, Dipali. Okay. <laughs>